welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher. Today on the show, I'm talking with Katrina Oakley, certified postpartum corrective exercise specialist and posture specialist. Katrina specializes in diastasis recti and working with moms around the world to help them regain a functional core. Listen in to our conversation as we talk about all the things that you can do during and after pregnancy to potentially combat diastasis recti. So Katrina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am excited too. I can't wait to hear all about all these wonderful things that you do because I've been following you for so long and you have so much amazing information. I can't wait to learn more about you and have my listeners learn more about you. Excellent. So I think a good place to start is to ask you what exactly a certified postpartum corrective exercise specialist is. <laughs> yeah, and great question. It sounds really fancy, right? Um, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. But basically, when you do, often when people do personal training, um, it's all around the obvious muscles, you know, how to squat your legs, um, your arms. And um, what tends to happen is that postpartum period, um, it tends to be an offshoot or a add-on to any sort of trainings like that. And it's yes. often really small. Like I have a number of ladies who come to me and they say, I went to a personal trainer and they, they were postpartum certified. I'm like, okay, so what did they get you to do? And it's like straight into the planks and the squats. And I'm like, well, mm. did they check your breathing? Did they check your pelvic floor? And they're like, no, they just got me to do exercise because that's what's taught in a sort of more traditional uh, personal training, even doctors don't really get much information about actual postpartum health of the mother, except for the basics of checking the blood pressure, um, mm -hmm. maybe checking that everything's all good down below, but not right. that whole, are they working it efficiently and correctly? And that's what the uh, postpartum corrective exercise specialist uh, program really does. It's about mm -hmm. teaching you how to teach a mom how to connect with the pelvic floor, how to uh, breathe correctly, really to help you understand the impact of your diaphragm into the whole core. In fact, mm -hmm. even the fact that your core isn't just abs. It's like, right. it's, it's your abs, it's your pelvic floor, it's your diaphragm, and it's your back. It's that whole cylinder, and mm -hmm. it impacts, especially the pelvic floor, impacts so much. You know, ladies have SI joint issues or sciatica pain. It's often from the pelvic floor, but a traditional therapist will look at the source of the pain versus where it might be coming from uh, because they're not trained in that way. Right. That You know, that makes a lot of sense. I never really looked at it that way. And hearing you explain it that way just makes so much sense, especially connecting with the pelvic floor and understanding what the core really is. It's not just this one little specific area. So I'm so glad you just explained that. 
because I think people are very misinformed about that. Very misinformed. <laughs> and it, we, it makes so much sense when you really think about it. The pelvic floor is the center of our body. It's it is. what, right, right between like the lower part and our legs and our upper part. So it, it impacts from all the way up that spinal cord. So right up into your jaw and, um, you know, where your tongue is and everything. All of that is impacted both from the tongue down to the pelvic floor and the pelvic floor back up to it. So it's all connected. And often we just focus on, and especially with diastasis, people tend to come to me and focus, want to focus on the abs versus Mm -hmm. the breathing and the back and the release work and the pelvic floor and how everything works together because it's really a whole body issue, not just an ab issue. I'm glad you said that. And that kind of brings me to a question that I think is really important to understand that people don't really know. I didn't know until I was training in postpartum massage and I didn't really understand. So can you tell me what diastasis recti is? Oh, great question. Because I fling around words and often nobody has any idea of what it is. Um, Right. So diastasis recti is when your um, rectus abdominis, so those are the six pack abs, um, separate and they don't, and I'm hesitant to say come back together because they probably never were like fused together to start with. There's often a normal gap there is up to 2.5 fingers. It just happens to be firm. Um, so it's when those, those abs come apart. Now it's a natural part of pregnancy because that's how our our body adjusts to the growing baby. If our Mm -hmm. body didn't, like if our abs didn't come apart, there wouldn't be enough room for the baby. So it's totally normal. It's totally natural. It's just some mums postpartum, their core doesn't come back into its original shape and not shape as in six pack abs and flat belly shape, but the shape of where the muscles should be. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, something that I think is really great that you talk a lot about in your emails and on your social media and in your programs is really understanding that correcting diastasis recti isn't really what you expect like strengthening those ab muscles postpartum is different than traditionally strengthening them and that's something I think people are really you know unaware of so I kind of want to ask you a question related to that which is why is it important to correct diastasis recti oh great question so often uh, people who have um, diastasis recti and when we think about the abs having come apart, it's not that they're like floating there apart. There is a connective tissue called the linear alba that um, is what is actually stretched out. And what that tends to mean is some of our deep core muscles. So we talked about our core before being the pelvic floor, the abs, the diaphragm and the back. The deep core is part of those ab systems. So the very deepest part of our abs is called our transverse abdominis um, or our TVAs for short. And those 
when they are lengthened and stretched out, they stop that tension that can happen in the linear elbow, which is why it could be squishy in that gap. And um, yeah. when we traditionally sort of uh, think about strengthening, we traditionally think about strengthening the external abs, so the obliques and that six-pack abs, so the crunches and the planks and that type of thing. The deep core itself, so the TBAs work with the pelvic floor, and that's what needs to actually be strengthened because it's those TBAs that were stretched when we got pregnant, not the external core as much. They actually did more work when we were pregnant to help take over what the TBAs did. So what happens is if we don't sort of re-strengthen that deep core, then we run into issues with uh, back pain or hip pain or even leaking and incontinence comes from that whole system not working correctly. And um, that tends to be people don't necessarily think about diastasis as, oh, I have diastasis because they don't even know what it is. They think of it as, I have a belly pooch that won't go away, I still look pregnant, or I have back pain, or I have SI joint pain, or I'm peeing my pants when I jump, or it, I just generally hurt. I know that one. <laughs> right? And it's, it tends to be that they have those issues, and then they search those issues and find out this funny thing called diastasis recti, and they're like, Oh, why didn't nobody tell me about that? Because <laughs> no one does. It's so true. It's amazing to me how little information there is out there about diastasis recti. It, it blows my mind. All the information that is out there tends to be from people like yourself or me. So people who have either suffered from it and had to do all the research or that type of thing versus it coming from your uh, six weeks postpartum visit with your doctor where they check because most of them yes. don't check and or in your hospital bag when you leave these are the five things that you should you know if you you should check this and if you have any of these symptoms these are what you know this is what you should do um, which I think is such a big gap in our um, mm -hmm. sort of medical care postpartum I couldn't agree more I'm really, really glad you just said that because as much as I love my OB and she was amazing, it wasn't something addressed and it didn't occur to me until many, many, many months later, hey, this little pouch thing here is not going away. I'm not losing this. Why am I not losing this? And I couldn't find those answers. And I feel like those answers should have been given almost before the fact to prepare if it does happen. Absolutely. And in fact, it should be part, just, we learn so much about how to take care of the baby. We don't necessarily learn as much about how to take care of ourselves. And I think it is a big so missing true. piece. I agree. I'm so glad you said that. You just, you're saying all these amazing things. And that is one of the biggest things is taking care of ourselves. And we don't know how to do that. No one teaches us that. No. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And it seems like we don't have time to do it. But if we don't make time to do it, things get much worse. Whereas if we just took that sort of 
10 minutes or 30 minutes to ourselves, even if it's just to sit down and have a cup of tea and just relax for a moment with nothing else to do, um, it makes the world of difference for even the diastasis and the pelvic floor because the more tension and stress you have, the more tension you hold in different areas, which actually means that the core doesn't function correctly. It's crazy how it all connects and works together like that to me. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with our bodies. That's why I do what I do. But he, like you just think of these things and it's amazing. Our bodies are these amazing things. So I kind of want to ask you a question that sort of piggybacks on this. And that is, what would you say is the most important thing that women can do to combat diastasis recti? And is there anything they can do to prevent it? Ah, interesting. So a lot of um, the diastasis recti, there there are a lot of things that you, um, it just happens to be a little bit of genetics. It happens to be how the baby is positioned in um, your your stomach. It happens to be how stressful the labor is and how much you had to push and that type of thing. So there are some things that are kind of a little bit out of our control, but there are some things which frustrate me more than anything because I did absolutely everything wrong. So um, during pregnancy, we think it's a great, great idea to maintain a great level of fitness and strength, which it is, but it's also really important to do a lot of release work, especially in the obliques. So if you remember what I talked about um, during um, pregnancy and how those deep core, the TVAs, get stretched out um, during our pregnancy because as our belly goes out, those muscles also get stretched out. So what happens is our deep core stabilizes us and our external core moves us. So when a muscle is in a really lengthened position, it doesn't work as well. So our obliques will, and our back often, and maybe our glutes, everybody else kind of jumps on board to help us stay upright. Um, so they're suddenly right. supporting us, which is great because, well, we're standing on our feet and we're not falling on our face, um, especially important we when we're pregnant, that. right? Um, yes, very. <laughs> and then we think about it and what we do is we're like, well, I can't do planks, so I'll do side planks. So I'll work my obliques because I got told during pregnancy obliques are super important because now they're stabilizing us and moving us, right? So they're super important. But the problem is, is that the tighter we make our obliques, the more they pull our rectus abdominis apart. And the more our stomach goes straight forward and less sort of spread out around us. And that can cause a bigger gap than if we are releasing our obliques. So um, getting a good myofascial release work or working it on ourselves or simply not doing as much oblique or twisting work because they're already being worked. Um, and that can be super important just to help uh, minimize some of the spreading of the rectus abdominis. So that's one thing that we can do. So that's during pregnancy. And then postpartum, 
when your doctor says at your six-week checkup, you're good to go, that doesn't mean you're actually good to go. Doesn't mean that you can do what I did and go back and start doing crunches or um, go and do um, workouts or go running. It means that you're good to start restoring your core. It means that you want to start with things as simple as when you inhale, does your pelvic floor relax? When you exhale, can you get it to contract? Can you get your TVAs to fire? Remember, they were really stretched out and lengthened and our obliques were already doing all the work. So have you um, connected with those? Have you released your obliques? If you had a C-section, have you had some scar release work done? If you had a vaginal birth, did you get, and if you had tears, maybe you need some scar release done on those tears as well, especially if they're third or fourth degree tears. So there's a lot of work that kind of needs the precursor, the go off and do whatever you want, which is kind of what our doctors tell us to do. Um, and so that's kind of the first thing, because if you don't get that initial foundation right, anything that you do do can work against you and make things worse. Oh, for sure. I mean, everything you say makes so much sense. And it's so great to hear just kind of putting the pieces together and really thinking about, oh, well, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Well, I can do this then. And I just like the way that you break it down and, and really word it in a way that makes sense to everybody. Yeah. And so. I, I kind of think it's it's kind of like if you were going to start running let's just say if we take it back to something that everybody kind of understands it's kind of like you do the the couch to 5k's right you start by doing a little run and then a walk and then you stretch out and you get your body sort of prepared and ready for the longer distances and it's exactly the same postpartum you need to prepare your core first so the release work and getting everything back to what I would like to call a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. Then we start the strength work, but we start sort of from the inside out because we've been stretched from the inside out, right? It's, it's so true. Right? It's, it's like if you think about if you can get that foundation of the deep core working and then into the external core and getting everything working together and then into the alignment and the full body strength, you're going to save yourself so much frustration. And I think that's the biggest thing I see with women. They're so frustrated because they've been working for six months and they're getting nowhere because they haven't done that foundation stuff first and they have to then go back to it which frustrates them more because they feel like they've wasted six months exactly it's like you took the words out of my mouth because that's how I felt <laughs> I'll be honest I when I was oh what was I maybe nine months postpartum or something like that I was getting really frustrated with my body, not losing any weight, not nothing happening. So I started working out. And th I think this was right around the time that I found you because I was, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was doing a workout program and I was like, all right, let's do this. I'm going to do crunches. I'm going to do all this great stuff. I didn't lose any weight. I didn't gain any muscle. And I was like, what is happening to my body? This isn't working. And that is how I, I think I found you through a a Facebook group and someone said 
check out Katrina Oakley. She's amazing. And I was like, oh, all right, let me check her <laughs> out. And I found your page. And I was like, hmm, all right, let me, let me see. And I signed up on your email list. And I started following you on Instagram. And I thought, this girl really knows what she's talking about. And it's already made a difference for me. So that's just one thing I want to tell you. But it's just so great to be able to hear you saying all of these things that I personally experienced. And you make so much sense. You have so much great knowledge. It's awesome. Yeah. And if this just helps one person not go through the same frustration that we went through, mm-hmm. then it's worth it, right? I totally agree. Which brings me to another question. It's kind of a combination of questions. The first part is to say, or, or to ask you, I should say, why are you passionate about the work you do? And then the second part to that is kind of what drew you to working with women dealing with diastasis recti and other issues? Ah, great question. So remember how I said I did everything wrong? Oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know how much of my backstory you know, but I actually had my diastasis um, repaired surgically. Um, and it frustrates me no end. It's something that I'm truly passionate about because I think I could have recovered without surgery if I had had the knowledge I have now. And it really drives me. It just makes me so angry. I mean, I went to doctors and, um, my doctor told me to run. And he said, you should run a marathon. And do you know what I did? I ran a marathon. (laughs) Um, Do you know what happened to my stomach? Uh, Not much. In fact, I uh, was in physio twice weekly because my back was out. Everything was wrong. Like I just had so many issues. But I ran that marathon and my stomach still did not stop. And then I ended up having... uh, my um, umbilical hernia repaired and um, when they repaired it that one hour operation ended up over three hours long because bless the surgeon she was amazing but she was trying to save my belly button because given the gap that was in there it was really hard for her to reattach it so she had to spend that long trying to get it in which I'm very thankful for because there are two surgeons in this area and the other one has um I'm not going to say the nickname but basically Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have been so nice and I probably would have ended up without a belly button oh Uh, no yeah right and I'm like oh Oh, goodness so she came to me and said you know we had this issue I did the best I could you may want to see a plastic surgeon um if you want it revised um and I was like oh but she never mentioned diastasis at all during this time so I was like oh so I did a lot of research and research is my thing and I love learning and um I basically just kept learning and I realized well during pregnancy I did all the wrong stuff postpartum I was doing all the um beach body workouts and um, all the crunches and all the planks and everything else. And then I also have arthritis in my back. So the lack of core 
like front of the core ab support was really impacting my um my arthritis in my back and I was on painkillers every single day and it's just like I would wake up and I couldn't move and and everything was just it was just compounding so I did end up having surgery because my understanding and the surgeon wouldn't agree with me but they said if I if I had more core control surely my back would be better and it was so I will say that that did help but I'm so passionate about getting this information out to women because if I had known there was so much I would have done differently I'm so glad you just said that (laughs) because that was the next thing I was going to ask you. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, going back to the beginning of your journey with diastasis recti, what do you think you would do differently? Well, one, I would have worked better during pregnancy. Not probably not even my first because the first is kind of not quite so bad, (laughs) but (laughs) I would have worked much differently during pregnancy. I sat a lot because I had an office job. Um, and then so I, my pelvic floor didn't get the work it really should because I was sitting and working for, you know, a good eight, nine hours a day. Um, I was, when I was working out, I was doing a lot of the side planks and the plank. I didn't, I just didn't know. I didn't even know to look for doming. So I didn't even really realize that I should be rolling over to my side to get up. Um, So I would be sitting upright and I would be doing some crunches and, you know, there's just so much of those little things, which it's super obvious when you know, right? (laughs) All you need to do is roll over to your side to get up don't crunch, exhale when you stand, like all of those things. If I'd known all of those, um, I feel like the pregnancy would have been much better and the recovery, I wouldn't have jumped straight into hardcore training. Um, Mm. And I would have recovered in a way like I teach now (laughs) of get the foundation right first and then get that strength. I mean, I think that's such a great answer because it, it just looking back, you've learned so much since then that you, you just know what you would have changed. And I think that helps people who are currently going through it to, like you said before, not make the same mistakes absolutely. that you or I or mm-hmm. others have made. Yeah, absolutely. And I do feel that if I didn't have the arthritis in the back and the back pain, mm-hmm. I probably could have also worked through it because I could get mm-hmm. to the point where I was. Um, so for our listeners out there, when you measure your diastasis, it, a lot of common people just, you know, they think it's the width across yeah. the um, how far your gap is apart. But the more important measure is the uh, depth. So for me, my my fingers would sink in below sort of the second knuckle um, all the way down. So I had what I would consider relatively um, severe diastasis in the fact that the depth wasn't changing and it was about four fingers and it was, you know, top to bottom. Um, but I could keep myself out of um, pain with exercise it was just the back was causing a lot of issues for me um and that I think you know if I hadn't had both I was 
I had so much stuff against me. It's so funny because it's the people who are like the gymnasts or the people who work out a lot actually tend to suffer more. And I do mm-hmm. think it's a lot to do with the tension in the muscles that we hold. Oh, yeah. Right. And I'm sure if with your profession, the people who work out a lot are probably the ones that it's a lot harder to release. Right. Absolutely. Like a million percent. It's you make such an excellent point with that because it's true. You know, the people I have on my table, the people I see the most are the most active people. Yeah, that's just the way it is. They're also the ones who are taking better care of their bodies in some ways yeah. <laughs> by coming to see me. But yeah, I mean, you make a great point with that. Yeah, it is. And, you know, st- we think of stress often as um, mental stress that um, impacts a lot of cortisol levels and everything, which also impacts our recovery. But physical stress is the same. So Mm -hmm. when we physically stress our body, whether we're running or whether we're doing high impact or heavy weights and things like that, that also impacts um, that cortisol level and things as well. So stress is both physical and mental and they work together. And when we hold stress in our body, then that impacts how we breathe, it impacts how we move, it impacts everything. 100%. I want to ask you something related. Yeah. But it's something that's really been on my mind about the world we're living in lately. And that is, how has this pandemic affected you in your work and working with women dealing with these issues? Oh, so interesting, because this is a two pronged thing. Oh, nice. (laughs) All right. So um, from my business um, perspective, um, I've been seeing a lot more people mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, because they can't get to um, hands-on uh, physical therapists, and I do all of my work online, so I am very much available through the Zoom and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I also am seeing more ladies because the stress mm. of COVID and being at home or having the kids at home all the time or the uncertainty of things or whatever it happens to be, that's caused a lot of ladies to suddenly hold a lot more tension, which has caused a lot more pelvic floor issues um, and a lot more interesting. I mainly see people who have tight pelvic floors Mm -hmm. and the tight pelvic floor with maybe um, some gripping from the external core tends to really cause a mid to lower belly pooch um so anybody who has like it just about looks like a nearly like a little ball in the center around the belly button to the lower area um and they're like suddenly i can't get rid of it like it wasn't there like a month ago like it's because it's the stress that you're holding and where you're holding it so again kind of comes back to since COVID, we've been doing, especially in my membership and things, we've been doing a lot more mobility and release workouts and mm-hmm. a lot less actual traditional, even traditional diastasis um, core work That's to help people release and relax more. And it, it makes a lot of sense to me based on the stress that this pandemic and COVID has caused for everyone, especially women, and especially 
postpartum and you're dealing with all the stresses that are normally there when you're a new mom or you're not a new mom, you have other kids, but you're still postpartum. And now there's this completely different kind of stress that we've never dealt with. Mm. And I think it's really great that you are able to help people through that part of it. Like you just said, it's it's a different um, focus, yeah. maybe than it than it normally would be. Yeah, and it, it, it but it is hard because the preconceived idea is I have more of a belly, mm-hmm. I need to do more exercise to reduce it, and I need to do more muscular exercises right, to reduce right. it. I have one lady. Um, this wasn't during the pandemic, but it was earlier, and she just couldn't get rid of her belly. We did breathing exercises. I made her do breathing exercises for four weeks. She was mad at me, but I'm like, just trust the process. <laughs> so four weeks of breathing to release, relax, get the core working. She lost four inches around her waist. Wow. Right? From her. breathing exercises. I mean, it's amazing how much breathing can have an effect Yes, on your body. Yes. It just is. It is. And it's it's crazy. And that, But that tells you what stress also has an impact like reverse that and think about holding that tension for four weeks that would increase four inches on your belly for sure right so it goes both ways and it's just really recognizing in your own body where do you hold that stress and what is that very first noticing point so for some people it's suddenly you have a more urge to go to the washroom right like Mm -hmm. suddenly instead of being able to hold it for 10 minutes after that first like oh i'm gonna need to go to the toilet soon you suddenly have to get there much quicker right right there's lots of some people it's a lower belly pooch is the first sign that they're tightening up Mm -hmm. so anyway it makes a lot of sense i mean it really does you're saying all these amazing things and i'm like oh my gosh this i'm like taking notes while we're talking (laughs) like oh my gosh this is amazing this is amazing this is amazing (laughs) so it's really cool to hear you say these things I do want to ask you, well, there's two questions. The first one is, what advice you would give to someone who is interested in becoming a postpartum corrective exercise specialist, like what you do? Oh, interesting. Well, I my pro- the program I did was through um, Sarah Devell, and um, her program is excellent. It's very detailed. So if you're a detailed person, she's your girl, right? Like, it's amazing. Um, And I would say, if you love, if you do any work with women postpartum, whether it's anything from a group sort of yoga instructor through to um, massage therapist through to um, wanting to do more like I do and actually work with women it's Mm -hmm. um, a definite type of course I would do because that postpartum period is so different and it's not just the postpartum period of like whether it be six weeks or a year it's up to 20 you know like 20 plus years Right. If you've had a baby and you never restored your core correctly, mm-hmm. you could be impacted. There is a reason why over 50% of women over 50 pee their pants. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. if you fix it now, 
you might not be one of those statistics, right? We might be able to lower that stat down because women are understanding more about their body post, you know, after children and getting control of um, that whole deep core and connecting with it better. Um, so you would amazing. be doing a whole lot for women everywhere and men. I work mm-hmm. with men as well. Really? Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Tell me what kind of work you do with men. Well, so men also get diastasis. Um, they don't, I don't have them in my Facebook group because mm-hmm. of pictures and things that are, right. are shared. Um, but I work with men. So men have a lot of pelvic floor issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they also have um, diastasis, bodybuilders especially. But often it's people who may have lost, guys who may have lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Or they are in a physical job and then they, um, it's the bending and picking up with bad technique. Right. Um, like you think about weight, uh, weightlifting, guys are taught to bear down and use a weight mm-hmm. belt and really bear out into their core for strength. Um, so a lot of them actually, are, there's a high proportion. I think bodybuilders is one of the second highest populations who get diastasis. Wow. See, that's an interesting fact. I never knew. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah. And they, they're not so forthcoming, but when they realize they're like, what do I do? And again, it's very similar to a woman of like, you mean I have to work on my breathing? Like that's not exercise. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, it is, um, but it's common that I say like, it's not just women and it's not necessarily even postpartum. There are ladies I work with who never have had children Mm -hmm. and um, you can still get diastasis. You're just more likely to after having children because you've been stretched out. So there's some weakness there. So basically when you have bad pressure management, Mm -hmm. um, so that means like if you're lifting and you hold your breath, for example. Oh, right, right, right. So if you have bad pressure management of your system, the pressure has to go somewhere. So if you're not exhaling and really working the system correctly and you're holding your breath and bearing down, Mm -hmm. um, that pressure has to go somewhere. It always comes out at the weakest point. So for postpartum ladies, ladies who've had babies, that's often that center line which is why we can get uh, hernias along that center line or the diastasis. Then we also could, if the pelvic floor is weaker, get prolapse or Mm -hmm. something along that line because that's where the pressure has come out. Guys often get a herniated disc because remember the back is still part of the pelvic floor. I mean, it's a part of the core, right? So a herniated disc in a guy is bad pressure management often. Yeah, bad alignment, bad pressure management. So it kind of goes out at that that weak point. So interesting. It's just something I never really would have ever thought about. To be honest with you, I always thought diastasis recti was something that only affected some postpartum women. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, I also have had had quite a few ladies who. It's interesting at what point postpartum people get it. Or mm-hmm. realize that they get it. Because I've had a lot of ladies whose kids have moved away from home and they're finally able to get back into the gym. Mm-hmm. And because they are weakened but never really had um, problematic diastasis, that they've yeah. weakened, you know, postpartum, so the, that part of their core is weak. 
And then they go back to the gym because they finally got rid of the kids out of the house and they have all this free time. Well, free time, right? But, <laughs> yeah, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they decide to start going to the gym and they start the planks and the sit-ups and they actually develop diastasis at that point. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just so fascinating. I know. I could talk for hours. I, which is awesome. <laughs> it just shows how passionate you are about what you do. Yeah. So I want to sort of change track here and ask you a couple of fun questions. My first one, if you weren't a certified postpartum corrective exercise specialist, what profession would you choose and why? Or would you still choose this profession? Ah, I would probably still choose this profession. If I hadn't had diastasis, though, mm. um, that might have been a different um, kettle of fish. I was actually, before I did this, I was a, um, I was in uh, sort of marketing statistics. So I, my degree at university is actually a master's in um, statistics and um, biology. So, um, That's so I, interesting. I know. So I've always been a data type person and research type person. And I used to help um, companies who had loyalty data. So like if you think about air miles or um, any of those types of schemes, um, understand their data and segment their customers and um, to be able to market to them better or put the right things on the supermarket shelves that each store would want. Um, That is so cool. Yeah, I, I, I still enjoy that type of thing. I kind of, but... Yeah, so I would have, I did that. And then before, when I was at university, I actually, like, whilst I was going through university, I was a uh, rhythmic gymnast coach. Um, really? So, yeah. So back in New Zealand. That is so neat. So back in New Zealand, I uh, used to have a uh, rhythmic gymnastics club. And, you know, we had representatives from New Zealand, you know, who went overseas um, mm-hmm. to um, compete. Um, so I've always had an interest in sport and, um, aerobics instructing and that type of thing, but I didn't follow it. I followed more that business side of things. So, you know, obviously you follow kind of originally where the money is, um, (laughs) and that seemed more logical to me right then. But then I sort of full circled around back into the fitness and helping and understanding how the body works that's so cool yeah so let me ask you one more question here sure well there's really two but the first one is what do you enjoy doing when you're not working oh my husband would tell you that i'm never not working (laughs) i know how that goes (laughs) um i honestly i'm quite a quiet person and so is my husband so we really just we enjoy spending time with the kids because they're still pretty young Mm -hmm. um so we love going out and just on adventures walking around um, going snowshoeing or trekking or bike riding um we love to go we have a camp i say camping but we have a um, camper van which doesn't isn't really camping Mm -hmm. um but we like to go out camping in our luxurious um, camper, which is not the same as when I was a kid and going in a tent. (laughs) Completely different experience. Completely different experience, experience, but very convenient. (laughs) Yes, for sure. That's nice and so fun. Yeah. 
oh, I'm envious. I can't wait to do that with my kids. Yeah. My husband will tell you, yeah, right, you don't want to go camping. What are you saying? <laughs> but, you know, with the kids, it's different. Oh, the kids, the kids love it. We bike everywhere and, you know, it's just fun. And also being away from the house means there's much less inclination to kind of go and do five minutes of work. Right. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. I couldn't agree with that more. Mm. <laughs> I have one more fun question for you, and that is, do you have a nickname? So I, I like to ask people this because some people are like, I don't do nicknames, and other people are like, I don't do my real name. <laughs> so I'm always curious if people have nicknames that people call them, if it's just close friends, or if everybody calls them that, kind of, you know, just curious. Yeah, not really. If anybody calls me anything, it's cat. Mm-hmm. But... Or mom from my or kids, mom. obviously. Yes. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's a good nickname to have. Yeah. <laughs> Except for when it goes... I don't have that nickname yet. My kids can't speak yet, but... Oh. Well, you wait until it goes, mom, 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 mom! Then... you're like, yes, I'm right here! <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they're yelling it from across yeah. the house, and their oh. father is sitting right beside them. And like, can't you just talk to him? Yeah. That's <laughs> basically it. <laughs> So, Katrina, tell me and tell our listeners here where they can connect with you and learn more about you and what you do. So, the easiest place to connect with me is in my uh, Facebook group, which is Diastasis Recti Workouts um, with Katrina. Um, Workout support, I think it says. Um, Otherwise, my uh, website is simply katrinaoakley.com. I love it. Yeah. That's nice so and simple, it, right? It is. I like simple. <laughs> simple is great. It's easy to find you. Your website is great. I know I've spent a lot of time on there and it's awesome. So Katrina, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing all of this amazing information and wonderful things, educating people and really teaching people how to take better care of their bodies. It's so important. Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, if anybody does have any questions, I'm always available. People just can reach out to me. Awesome. 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 What an amazing conversation I had with Katrina Oakley. I learned so much from her in such a short conversation, but my key takeaways from this interview were, number one, breath work is so important, more important than you think. Number two, there are things that you can do during pregnancy to help avoid diastasis recti, though nothing, of course, is guaranteed, but there are things that you can do. And third, I think the most surprising thing that I learned from Katrina is that men can have diastasis recti too. I had no idea. I genuinely thought this was something that only women dealt with and only after pregnancy. It's amazing the things that you learn when you're talking with someone who has the experience and training to really help teach you. So my advice to you is to go check out Katrina's Facebook group of over 35,000 members. It's called Diastasis Recti Workout Support with Katrina Oakley. It's an awesome group. I highly recommend it. 
Stay tuned for my next episode when I will be talking about lactation with a certified lactation counselor.